Welcome to the Todd Allen Show. This is the serials. So this is where we explore stories from the Bible. We do kind of a deep dive on them. If you check out our main podcast, most of the time, uh, we discuss culture, current events. Uh, however, the left and the walking Joe is screwing up our country that particular day. <laughs> but in the serials, I like to focus on the Bible. And actually, also check in the main show, we're going to start, I'm going to start another set of shows where we kind of do a, a broad view of the Bible, just of the story, as opposed to the serials where we, we really hone in and dive deep on one story. In, in, the, in the new show, it's going to be just kind of a broader overview, just to kind of get a, a, an overall idea of the story of the Bible, because I feel like a lot of us don't know it. Maybe we've never known it. Maybe we've forgotten it, whatever the case. So check that out the rest of the time. Today, we're going to dive into the book of Luke, chapter 8 from The Message. They sailed on to the country of the Gerasenes, directly opposite Galilee. As he stepped out onto land, a madman from town met him. He was a victim of demons. He hadn't worn clothes for a long time, nor lived at home. He lived in a cemetery. When he saw Jesus, he screamed, fell before him, and howled. What business do you have messing with me? You're Jesus, son of the Most High God. But don't give me a hard time. The man said this because Jesus had started to order the unclean spirit out of him. Time after time, the demon threw the man into convulsions. He had been placed under constant guard and tied with chains and shackles, but crazed and driven wild by the demon, he would shatter the bonds. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Mob. My name is Mob, he said, because many demons afflicted him. And they begged Jesus desperately not to order them into the bottomless pit. A large herd of pigs was grazing and rooting on a nearby hill. The demons begged Jesus to order them into the pigs. He gave the order. It was even worse for the pigs than for the man. Crazed, they stampeded over a cliff into the lake and drowned. Those tending the pigs, scared to death, bolted and told their story in town and country. People went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had been sent sitting there at Jesus' feet, wearing decent clothes and making sense. It was a holy moment, and for a short time they were more reverent than curious. Then those who had seen it happen told how the demoniac had been saved. Later, a great many people from the Gerasene countryside got together and asked Jesus to leave. Too much change, too fast, and they were scared. So Jesus got back in the boat and set off. The man whom he had delivered from the demons asked to go with him, but he sent him back, saying, Go home and tell everything God did in you. So he went back and preached all over town everything Jesus had done in him. Luke 8 
verses 26 through 39 in the message. The sun rode high in a clear blue cloudless sky. It was midday when time slows its relentless pace for a few hours. The heat of the day. A sudden storm had blown through a few hours earlier and soaked the parched ground. But the storm had ended as quickly as it began, and the sun had taken over again. The air was hot and steamy for a time, but it didn't last. The hot, dry, arid climate had rapidly reasserted itself, and the rainstorm was already fading into memory. The naked man lay quiet among the graves his scarred flesh baking in the sun. He woke as if from a dream and blinked at the day's brightness. He rolled his eyes to his left and surveyed the eastern end of the cemetery. Then he turned his head the other way and looked to the west. Rows of tombs lined the hillside, and he knew them all too well. He closed his eyes again and sighed. He was lucid again. How long had it been this time? He had no idea, no way of even guessing. There had been a point in his living nightmare in which he had still made an effort at keeping track of time. But that was long ago, another relic of his humanity lost to the voices. Weeks at least, if not months this time. His left thigh throbbed with dull pain, and he looked down knowing what he would see. A long, jagged wound only recently closed over. One more brush stroke painted on his body by the wild mob of crazed spirits inside his mind, who had made his life and body their scrawling portrait of personal hate and bile to a god they had deserted. And lately, they had taken over almost permanently. The naked, emaciated man rose to his hands and knees with difficulty and slowly crawled to the shade of a large fig tree. Then he collapsed again, exhausted by the effort. Out of the heat, he looked up at the dappled sunlight streaming through the leaves and the ripening fruit. Memories of the taste of sweet, juicy figs swam up from the dark depths of what remained of his mind. Other memories followed. His mother, smiling in the kitchen, roasting figs to spread over fresh-baked bread with dinner later that day. The sweet smell permeating their small home. His father at the table, eating a bowl of warm stew. His older brother bursting in the door with the latest news from Rome. A tear rolled down the man's face, trailing through the blackened dirt and grime. He wondered how long until the figs would be ripe and ready to eat. But another tear fell, and he shook his head because it wouldn't matter. He would be gone again soon. The chances of his consciousness finding the surface again in time for the fig harvest were almost non-existent. He no longer had a future. His life was over. He was a walking death. A sparrow dropped to the ground next to him and began pecking the ground, searching for food. He watched the bird dance in the dirt, hopping and pecking, flitting between the trees' exposed roots. He wondered what it would be like to fly, careless in the care of God, worried only about the next moment and meal. Then the man looked down at his own body, naked and scarred and filthy. How long had it been since he had put on a tunic or a robe 
or worn sandals on his feet. A long, long time. The tears came on strong then. Whenever he was conscious long enough for the memories to find him, he found he could only stare at the sea in the distance and cry. For years upon years, he had known only darkness and pain and loneliness and hunger and the voices. Always, from all directions, in every corner of his mind, the voices whispered and lied and screamed and mocked. The demons had come, and they had ushered him into hell. Out on the water, a boat appeared on the horizon, growing larger as it came closer. The man watched the boat through his tears. It appeared to be headed for the cliffs surrounding the cemetery and tombs. Few people passed that way anymore. The demons that inhabited his body most of the time had run them off. And the stories of the crazy demon-possessed madman living among the graves had spread far and wide throughout the ten cities and the surrounding countryside. Maybe they've come to save me. The words cracked in his parched voice, and he smiled through his tears. But the smile was hopeless and frightening on his dirty, scarred face. They had tried to save him at the beginning, when the voices had first started and had only whispered. He even thought they were his friends at first, but that illusion had been shattered soon enough. The voices had pretended to understand him, and he had felt so misunderstood so much of the time, it had felt good until it hadn't. And by then it was too late. He remembered the first time the, voice took, the voices took over and he disappeared. He had awoken the next day in a field covered in blood, but whether from animal or man he had no idea. He had limped back to his home and the people he crossed paths with had screamed at the sight of him and run the other way. Luckily it had been animal blood, sheep blood to be exact. Crazed and starving, the spirits had run into a flock of sheep and killed as many as they could, ripping their throats with his teeth, tearing their flesh, gorging on the bloody muscle. But he had no memory of the sheep at all. They had run him out of the village after that. His mother had tried to stop them, but the townspeople only pushed her aside as they caught him and tied him up and took him a half-day's journey into the countryside. From that day on, his life had been one long living hell. He now woke when he woke at all, and pleaded with whatever God had cursed him to finally let him die. The boat made landfall, and the naked crying man was walking toward the men. He would only frighten them off, but he felt drawn to the men on the boat. Someone different than all the rest had landed on the shores of his walking nightmare, and what was left of the man shuffled across the rocks and sand toward him. The man was still a long way off when Jesus saw him, and Jesus sighed when he came into view. He allowed that part of his mind which could tap into the eternal knowledge for a moment, and he knew the man's pain and his sadness. He understood his tears and heard his many cries through the years to finally be free. While his followers tied up the boat, Jesus headed straight for the wounded man. The man kept moving toward Jesus, slowly, 
despite the pain in his legs. The jagged, fresh wound on his thigh screamed with every step, but the man ignored the pain and kept walking. As the tall man from the boat grew larger in his vision, fresh hope blossomed inside him. But it wasn't to be. The voices were back, growing louder like the drone of a locust cloud. He would be gone soon, the first victim to the spirit's return, but certainly not the last. As the din of voices inside his mind rose, he fell to his knees and reached out to the tall man from the boat, closing the distance between them. One last tear streaked his face, and then the man was gone once more, and the voices were all that was left, and the voices began to scream. Jesus was already singing when he saw the man's eyes, an old Jewish worship song about Joshua marching around the walls of Jericho. He had just caught sight of the man, the real man behind the eyes before the spirits took over and filled the man's body. The power of the spirits surprised him. Then the man in the distance screamed, Jesus! The Lord absorbed the body blow of dark energy directed at him, and he paused just for a moment. Then his eyes grew hard and he leaned in and continued his journey toward the man. The chorus of demons inside the man were still screaming. Jesus was casting them out, but they were fighting back fiercely. What business do you have with us? The last words sounded like the roar of a lion. Then they threw the man's body onto the ground into convulsions. Jesus ran the rest of the way and knelt and touched the naked man thrashing on the ground. And as soon as he touched him, the man became still. And the man was back. The real man, behind the crazed eyes, looked up at Jesus in the afternoon sun. And for the first time, in as long as he could remember, he felt the stirrings of hope once more. What's your name? the tall stranger asked him. The man closed his eyes and hung his head in shame. He no longer knew. His name had been lost to the voices so long ago, there was nothing of him left. He began to cry again, and Jesus held him. Mob! He croaked finally. My name is Mob. Then the demons took over again. We are many. A rolling murmur of voices from the depths of hell. Leave him, Jesus said. Then the voices began begging and pleading all at once, thousands of them echoing across the stone tombs. No, please, don't destroy us. Don't send us to the pit. Send us into the pigs, please. Yes, send us into the pigs, the pigs. Jesus stroked the man's matted hair and looked down at his mangled, broken body. Fine. Leave him. Find refuge in the pigs. The disciples were all around them now, watching. Suddenly, the naked man's body tensed in Jesus' arms. His eyes bugged out of the sockets and his mouth opened wide and a trail of black smoke leaked out of the man's mouth and gathered into a cloud. Then the dark cloud, teeming with the noise of a million buzzing insects, moved over the pigs and disappeared into the herd of swine, and the peaceful pigs turned violent. They began squealing and screaming and pawing and biting at the air, then at each other. Crazed and frightened, the pigs began stampeding toward the cliff, 
where they plunged mindlessly into the sea below. When the man finally came to again, he was still laying in the Savior's arms, and his gentle face looked down at him with eyes shining with warmth and kindness. Something's different, he whispered, his throat parched and dry. Jesus smiled. They're gone, finally. The voices. They won't be back. They're gone for good this time. He couldn't believe it, not after all these years, but he knew it was true. The light shining from the tall man's eyes comforted him, and he felt at peace. You finally came for me, he whispered hoarsely. I thought you never would. But Jesus didn't answer, only smiled down at his long-lost son. Tears welled in his eyes as he remembered all the man had suffered for so many long years. He looked down at his body and was surprised to see clothes covering his scars. Someone had bathed him and clothed him, and now he leaned against his Savior, resting in the late afternoon sun. Have you ever felt hopeless, defeated and chained to a temptation or an illness or broken situation? Maybe the problems have mounted over the years. Bad decision on top of bad decision. Misfortune piled atop misfortune. If it weren't for bad luck, you feel like you'd have no luck at all. You never meant to let them in. But once the door of your heart was open, the darkness came in anyway. And over time, the darkness spread. You're not demon-possessed. You keep your clothes on most of the time. You don't slash yourself where people can see the scars, but you hurt yourself where they can't see. The pills were supposed to help, and for a while they did. Every time you picked up a bottle, you knew it wasn't a cure, but it deadened the pain and the deep hurt enough to get through the night. At first, you controlled the addiction, but that flipped soon enough. Now the addiction controls you. And it's been so many years you've forgotten what life was like before the hangovers. Or the sickness. Or the failures. Or the loss that haunts you every day. At first you thought someone would rescue you. And they tried. But it only got worse. You prayed for deliverance. And you tried to believe but the sickness got worse. The choices were more disappointing, and the future slowly faded out, and all that was left was pain and misery. You expected Jesus to come until he didn't, and then your expectations died along with the rest of you. And now it's too late. Your life has been wrecked, and there's nothing left of you to save. One by one, the lights all went dark, and then the darkness swallowed you whole. And when all hope was lost, when all you wanted was the end to finally come, when it was too late, Jesus showed up, and he touched you, and a life that had been over for years suddenly wasn't. He walked into the hell that had become your existence, and he changed everything all at once. Because when God decides to move, 
Even a legion of demons can't stand in his way. The crowd of townsfolk came later that evening, and when they saw him clothed and at peace, awe and wonder settled over the crowd. It was a holy moment, and many from the town believed, but it didn't last. Within a few days, the leaders of the town got together and asked Jesus to leave. There was too much change, too fast, and they were afraid. So Jesus left. The man, now healed and whole, only wanted to go with Jesus and his followers. He had no life left in the town. But Jesus had other plans. He sent the man back and told him, My son, you've been gone away from home too long. Go back now. Go home and minister for me there. Tell them what I've done for you. Jesus held the man by both shoulders and looked him up and down, smiling and shaking his head. Then Jesus brought the man to his chest again for one last embrace. Tears shone in the eyes of the Savior as he looked up to the sky. Thank you, Father, for bringing him home finally. The man sat on the shore for a long time, watching the boat with Jesus and his followers sail back across the sea from where they had come. But he wasn't alone this time. The other people from town who had believed in Jesus watched with him. When they got up to leave, he looked around at the graves and tombs that had been the only life he'd known for longer than he could even remember. He wondered if the voices would return someday. But then he remembered Jesus' touch and his smile and his eyes, and he knew he had nothing more to fear. The other believers from town turned and called back to him. And when they called, they called him by name. And most amazing of all, they were calling him home. Thanks for joining me today, guys. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Todd Allen Show. Make sure to subscribe and share this story with your family and friends. May the God of all hope bless you. And take these seeds we're scattering and use them for his harvest. See you next time.